0: Through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodhart O Equeme. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, Amplified Classic. Living in the realm of the supernatural overflow. Three together from the Amplified Classic, one verse. Thank you, Lord. And God is able to make all grace. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Living in the realm of supernatural overflow, our Father and our God, it is on unbending knees and hearts and hands raised to you once more that we we'll thank you for the privilege to gather under this open heavens. I beseech you to take a coal of fire from heavens and place upon my lips. Help me to come to your people with the word. I hide myself behind this sacred desk, behind the cross. So I ask that you do through me what all you can do through a man Vast always To give you along the praise and the glory for what you are doing, what you yet do. In Jesus' wondrous name, we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. Tell your neighbor, live in the supernatural overflow. Live in the supernatural overflow and you may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Living in the realm of the supernatural overflow. As we came into the month, the Lord gave us declare word about the season, many a times he speaks and then he performs. What the Lord has spoken by his mouth, his hands ultimately will perform and bring to pass. And I believe that many of us in one dimension or the other have begun to experience diverse testimonies that confirm and bear witness of what the Lord has said and declared over us. Beloved, the God we serve is a God of principles. When we think about Christ, we think about Christ the life, but we also think about Christ the principles, the principles. So he has exalted his word above all of his names. His words contain his principles. He said to Moses, I've shown my ways and I've displayed my acts to the children of Israel. His ways are his principles. When a man comes to terms with the ways and the principles of God, you can walk in the miraculous. You can enjoy the several acts and the mighty deeds of Abba Father. So the ways and the principles give birth to the acts and the miraculous. And whilst the Lord speaks the prophetic word, it's important to take time to discover what are the principles to engage those Prophecies to become real and tangible in our lives. The Bible declares in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2, one clear principle. It says, And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all these commandments which i command thee this day that the lord thy god will set thee on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the lord thy god So it's a word that came, that I will exalt you above all nations. But the principle there is, when you hearken to my voice, you obey my voice, the result of being exalted above nations becomes your portion and your lot. Beloved, as much as God gives us believers several authority, he also gives us commensurate responsibility. And when we take on the responsibility, we can walk in the authority is made available to us. This morning, I want to look at some principles that underpin or undergird walking in the supernatural overflow. All through the scriptures, God expresses his desire, his purpose, his intention for his children to walk In well-being, in prosperity, in abundance. To walk in the overflow of his blessings. It's very clear. From Genesis to Revelation. In the first instance, God prepared an amazing garden of Eden before he put man there. Uh, Man, you know, was created on the sixth day, which was the last day of creation. The seventh day he entered into rest from his works. Uh, And man was the pinnacle of the zenith, of the creation of God. In other words... Everything was made ready before man showed up. Praise God. And the first day of man on the earth was the seventh day that man was created to enter into the rest of God. So, for what God did in the Garden of Eden was an expression of how he desired and intended man to live. An abundance, restful, peaceful, joyous, harmonious, until sin interrupted that flow. And that has not changed the mind of God. What Christ came to do was to redeem us uh, from the several curses, the curse of death, the curse of sickness, and the curse of poverty. The curse of death, the curse of sickness, and the curse of poverty came to redeem us from those three curses that came upon man and the fall in the garden of Eden. So God's intention has not changed even though man fell. He said desires for your well-being. Third John 2, uh, we see a clear expression of his heart to the believer, to the saint. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. He said, I desire that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. So God's desire is your all round well being. But he says this. That I want this to happen to you as your soul is prospering. And I'll get there. In other words, I don't want you to prosper without and is outside beyond your prosperity within. I want you to grow externally as you're growing internally. Because the growth within will sustain the blessing without, outside. If you touch, a blessing outside you, you haven't grown within to match up, it's going to be a challenge. So God says, it's my desire that you prosper. Be in hell, but listen, as your soul prospers, as your soul grows and matures in the Lord, as your mind is renewed, that is the degree to which I want you to prosper all around. Forget it there. The psalmist declared again the desire of God regarding our well being prosperity in Psalm 35, verse 27. It says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath what? Pleasure in what? The prosperity, the well being, the healing. Of his servant. So this is God's desire being expressed through our scripture. So God is not against your well-being, your health, nor your prosperity. As a matter of fact, he's in support of it. He desires for you to walk in it. Praise God. Having said that, I want to put out a quick disclaimer that what we teach regarding kingdom wealth, kingdom finances, divine prosperity, is not quite what has been touted in the body of Christ in yesteryears as a, a, a get-quick-rich scheme. You know, we made God to seem like a calo-calo God. Give Him $1, you get $10, $5, $50. It, it's not that. It's not that. Not that. It, it's not, it, it, it's beyond money, it's about relationship. Yeah. You can't be related to somebody who is wealthy and it will not rub off on you. You can't be a son of a king or son of royalty and live in penury. No, no. It's coming out of who you are, not what you're trying to take on yourself. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. Glory to God. Now, you see, in the scriptures, it may surprise you that God has so much to say about finances. In fact, there were 35 parables Jesus gave. And one third of those parables are directly or indirectly tied to stewardship, to money, or finances. One third of the 35 parables, they are tied to this, money. It will seem that this subject is very important. It's so important that when it's raised in church, you have one or two reactions. One is is a holy hush. They don't know what the preacher is going to do. Is he about raising an offering? What is he on about? You know. uh, uh, And the other is. uh, Suspicion. Let's know what. No. But you see. If you're not taught this. Biblically. The world will teach you their own version of it. And the truth is. Babylon has his own scheme. His own financial plan and agenda. Babylon. It traffics with souls and all kinds of things. And if you. And I, as believers, listen carefully, are going to not only thrive but succeed and prosper in this world. We'll do it in one or two ways. Either, please listen, either through the scheme of Babylon, or you have to do it the God way. And if you go through the scheme of Babylon, it's not unlikely you will lose your soul in the process. Otherwise or else, what you get w- w- will end up being great pain and torture to you. There are those who think they have money, but really to be told is money has got them. So it's one thing to have money. And by the way, it takes power to have money and not lose your soul. Bible declares in Deuteronomy 8.18 that I give you power to get well that I may establish the covenant I swore to your fathers. So it is power that gets wealth. Alright, I give you power. I empower you to prosper. You see, the real issue is not money as much as the empowerment. Because it is the blessing that mothers material blessings. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Bible declares, I believe is, is in Uh, Proverbs Proverbs 10.22, that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow whatsoever. The blessing is one word, yeah? It makes rich and adds no sorrow whatsoever. So there is this thing called the blessing. There's a thing called empowerment to prosper. So what we look at and look for in our walk with God It's not just the materiality of the money. No, we're, we're, we're looking for empowerment. What the Bible says in Acts 20.35, Paul, referring to a statement made by Jesus, said in the words of Jesus, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. That word blessed means empowered to prosper. But in the natural world, you say, well, man of God, I think it's more blessed to receive than to give. But God said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because when you do give, guess what? You are empowered to receive at a whole new level. Are you here? Are you here? Track with me. Listen, if you survey your walk with God, especially in your area of finances, you will agree with me that those times God spoke to you To lay down certain sacrifice to him, whatever they were, possibly some things you hadn't done before up to that point in time, when you did them, it came with two feelings, feelings, feelings. Number one, a feeling of, oh my word, what have I done? But listen, but there's another feeling you got within you, it's a feeling of such, I've gone beyond this dimension. That means you've crossed a Rubicon that you thought you may not cross before. That means the level you give at has brought you into a new level to receive at. Oh boy, 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 boy. You see, he says he will take you from grace to grace, glory to glory. There are certain ceilings above us, certain lines before us that we, we can't cross in our mind. So God in his love and mercy from time to time will steer you To go beyond where your level is at giving so that you provoke the heavens to open to bring you into a new season that you haven't been before. What am I saying? When you give, you are empowered to to receive and to prosper. We have to change our mindset. So giving the Lord is not the Lord taken from you. No, no. It's the Lord allowed and permitted to empower you to prosper. We must get the right mindset. Yes, Otherwise, we'll live in a, 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 a poverty stricken mindset. We're trying to gather, we're trying to can, we're trying to sit on the can. And my God, you never go beyond a realm. Hallelujah to Jesus. So, money plays quite an interesting role in the life of every human being, especially in the day and age we live in. Why? Money is representative of your sweat, of your labor, of your toil of your skill, of your talent, and to some extent, of your life. Money. You've heard those stories? Have a gun stick up on your head. Your money or your life, they're both the same. Many times, your life is in the money. Praise the Lord. What am I saying? Your money, listen carefully, is far more important to you that you admit. Yeah. You wouldn't admit it, but it's important to you. Let me flip it. Your money it's also far more important to God than you think. Do you hear me? Oh yeah. Because God knows the flow of your money is the flow of your heart. You can't deceive him nor you. It says, where your treasure is, that's what? Where your heart will be. We sometimes misquote and say, where your heart is, your treasure is. Not quite. They're not the same. No. Is where your treasure is that is your heart? That means where your treasure is, is where you've placed your heart. So God knows the things you're flowing towards by where your treasure is flowing towards. Now, the Bible makes us understand in Matthew 6 24, I believe it is, that you cannot serve God and Mama. You either serve one, hate the other, or hate the other, serve the other. So we see here that mammon in the teaching of Christ, listen carefully, is the interest competitor and contender for the place of God in the hearts of men. Do you have money? It's more important than you want to admit. You may pre- pretend it's not important to you, but it is. Why? It's an expression of your life, your sweat, your labor, your toil. So therefore. Because it's that important to you. Listen carefully. It's also important because what you do with it will determine whether you worship God or not with it. Let me say this. Write this down. Money makes a wonderful servant, but money makes a terrible wicked master. It makes a wonderful servant, but it makes a very cruel, cruel master. It takes money to be here. To pay for equipment, to pay for power and diesel. To preach the gospel on airwaves, crusades, outreach. So, 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 it's a wonderful servant. But you see, he makes a table master. And whether you like to admit or not, it has gained mastery over certain hearts. Remember, I began by telling you, see, he desires you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. ay, 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 ay. Beloved, to prosper in the kingdom requires you going through principles. Listen carefully. And the principles are inbuilt. They're inbuilt to enable you to prosper at the same time, keeping your heart where it should be in check before God. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In other words, God wants you to have money, but not money have you. And it's a very thin line. Sometimes we don't know when the switch happens. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Luke 12, 15, And He said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which he possessed." Luke 9.25 For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Luke 12.21 I'm just pointing out some warnings in scripture about how it is money can have one you don't have money. Luke 12.21 So he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God so the possibility exists that you are rich but not rich toward God and God wants you to be rich towards Him. God wants you to make Him your treasure. God wants you to make you make Him and me His numero uno number one. God wants us to make Him first in rank before everything else. Jesus teaches Matthew 63, 6 says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness his ways his principles yeah and these are the things that the Gentiles seek after they follow they pursue they overtake you so his ways his principles and then these things that the Gentiles seek begin to pursue us Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and also highlighted certain things that could happen to a person who pursued money for the sake of pursuing money and not pursuing God. It says in First Timothy 6, six, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich, hear this beloved, fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and hurtful lost which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse 10 says, For the love of money, not money itself, just the love of it. The love of money, if you misquoted, not money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Ay, <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. It's a warning for those who pursue riches and not pursue God. You see, the kind of wealth God wants to bring to you is not the one you're pursuing. It's the one that pursues you. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. That one you pursue God and he pursues you. Is restful, is peaceful. It's so restful you understand that you are not the owner of it, but you're a steward. My God, it's so restful that you understand that God simply uses you as a conduit pipe to distribute and redistribute His wealth. Wow! So there are a people I believe God is raising in character, in spiritual stature, that He will begin to trust. With most amazing wealth in this day and generation, they will be like heaven's bankers on the earth. But they understand they don't own it, but they're stewards. And that doesn't come overnight, it comes through a process of training. Many at times, difficult moments. Test here, trial there to see where really your heart is. But ultimately, when your heart has been proven to God to be trusted, he can now entrust you with treasure for the kingdom. And I pray that such pillars and such kingdom trustees will emerge from this house. I thought here a big amen. Hallelujah. 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 We don't chase money, we chase him. And money chases you. The psalmist declared in Psalm twenty-three, verse six: "Surely, goodness and mercy followed you all the days of your life. As you pursue the shepherd, loving him, walking with him, walking for him, stuff are going to pursue you. People stuff at you. Why? There's an aroma of favor that you carry, walking with him, that will compel men to do stuff to you, do stuff with you. Because I just want to do business with you. I'm compelled." To transact with you, what's that? It's not your skill, favor, it's not a currency beyond labor, favor that you can't pay for. It. It's by walking with Him, you transact with heavens. It is a perfume and upon you that makes you literally a magnet of wealth. Shout, Hallelujah! I believe God is looking for such people on the face of the earth today who will place Him in their hearts. First, and also place themselves as stewards, not owners. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For whom maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou didst not receive it? In other words, all we have is received from the Lord. So we can't brag about it. Your beauty, your height, whatever it is, came from God. Don't brag about it. It's God-given, and as such, you're a steward. Um, if you didn't create it, and God gave it to you, then you're a steward. You can't boast about it. Uh, one of the fundamentals of this kingdom wealth, in fact, I call it 101. If you missed that, you missed it. First wrong on the ladder is to understand the principle of tithing and engaging in a Consistent life of typing. Pastor has did a great job in two services in the past few days on that. I mean, the illustration he gave about the apple. I mean, he set the the, the the tone. A bowl with ten apples, one is red, others th- and nine, nine are green, and the whole bowl belongs to God. Illustratively, it's all God's, and God gives you the ten apples in a bowl, and all He asks for you to return to Him is a red apple. In the first place, all ten are his. So you're not doing him a favor by giving one. No. He has done you a favor by leaving his nine with you. And it's your response in bringing the one back to him that places a blessing on the nine that is left with you. Somebody once said, a blessed 10%. Is worse than a cursed 90%. Oh, yeah. Have you been in that place where stuff you had seemed plenty, but they began to flitter away? You couldn't account where, how, what. But there are moments where you have just little, but somehow you've done much more with the little. It's blessed. A blessed 90 is better than a curse 100. I beg your pardon. Praise God, somebody. So I want to point a few things about, about, about that, and I'll we'll go into the other part of it, which is offering. You, you know, what God addressed in Malachi were two things when he he, he, he said that you are, uh, you've are you robbed God uh, in these two areas in, in tithing and offering. Uh, but we emphasize on just tithing alone, but the two words say so you've robbed me in these two things. So return back to me and I'll return to you that you've robbed me in these two areas in the area of tithe and offering. Recently, I saw another perspective about that word robbing God. You know, Uh, we assume or say is that when you don't tithe you've stolen from God but this author was saying you only steal from somebody you have the power to steal from yeah number two or somebody can deceive you don't have the power to steal from God neither can you deceive God so he said when the Bible says you've robbed God he's saying you've robbed God of the opportunity to bless you. That blew my mind. So that sounds correct. So so it, it, it's, it's not that you you, you can't be that like, ah, steal from God. Who can steal from God? The possess of heaven and earth? No. So each time you withdraw your tithe you refrain God. You keep his hand from the opportunity of perpetuating a blessing upon you. Praise God somebody. So quick recap of tithing. For those who are not here, tithe is 10%. Got it from the word 10th, uh, uh, tenth, tithe, 10th. Tenth, 10% of your income or your profit, if you're a businessman, it's what it is. It's not 15%, not 20%. So you can't pay tithe of 30%. That's not right. What you've done, you pay tithe of 10% and give an offering of 20%. But you can't pay tithe of, tithe is fixed, 10%. Number two thing, Tithing predicts the law. Abraham tithed to Melchizedek before the law was inaugurated or instituted. So tithing was about 40 years before the law. Tithing was entrenched in the law when it was instituted. Tithing preceded the law. Post the law, tithing was relevant. Jesus in Luke 11 2 says, But woe unto you Pharisees, for you tithe meat and rue, that is the small things, spices, pepper, onions, uh, curry. You're so diligent about tithe over small things. Yeah, it says, And all manner of herbs and pass says, and pass over judgment, right? And the love of God. Hear this, hear this. Jesus said, These ought you to have done that means keep on tithing those small things yeah but not at the expense of weightier matters like judgment and mercy so he wasn't knocking tithing he was simply saying you tithe but there are weightier matters you're overlooking so he affirmed and endorsed the tithing principle Hebrews 7 verse 8 says and there are here 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 on the earth here men all right that die receive tithes. Priest, earthly priest. But there, where is there? Heaven. There, he received them of whom it is witness that he liveth. So as you pay your tithe in church, the stars of the Lord, he in heaven as a high priest receives your tithe. Praise the Lord somebody. I sit here great. Now, tithing is 10%, but there is a process of tithing. That is the process with which you bring it to the storehouse of the Lord and make proclamations. That's why we try to help you on the first Sunday and the last Sunday of every month to make proclamations, pronouncement with your mouth because tithing is not just a financial transaction only tithing is a spiritual transaction It's worship you make statements father I bring my tithe to storehouse I thank you for the privilege of laboring and working for the gift of life this belongs to you by it I declare my independence from this world economy. As the economy may be going down, I'm going up because I belong to another economy. That's tithing. So don't just drop it there. No, 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 no. Engage in the process of declaration, worship. That's a process of tithing. Where do you tithe? It says, bring it to the storehouse. The storehouse likely is the house of the Lord. What happens there? is where you find bread, where you're fed with the word, where you're nurtured, where you find meat, where you're strengthened spiritually, your church, your local assembly. It's not to the evangelist on the radio, who you heard once in a year. You can give 90% of your offering to that evangelist, but when it comes to tithing, it's taken to the storehouse of the Lord. It's not for your auntie's medical bill. It's not for a building project. No. So you've misappropriated what belongs to God. So bring the whole of it. Where? To the tall house. Praise God somebody. Praise God somebody. Alright. Malachi, the popular scripture we've read in the past few days. Just, what you said, wherein shall we return? Will a, will a man rob God? And of course, how could you rob God? But this gives you a better picture. Will a man rob God? Yet you robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? Hear this, in tithes and offerings. Verse 9 says, are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10 gets exciting. Bring you all the tithes. Beloved, tithing is sacred. Even the, the heathen The unbelievers who who practice this principle, they get blessed. Honoring God with 10%, is an amazing principle. It's a game changer of your finances. You may think you're blessed now without doing it, it'll surprise you how much you've lost over years by not doing it. And if you don't start where you are at your level, by the time you, you graduate financially, you will struggle to tithe. A person who can tithe on 1,000 Naira will struggle to tithe over 10 million Naira. Oh yeah, it's human nature. Tithing helps you to be faithful steward of God's resource given to you. If you tithe sincerely, consistently, you can tell what your income is in a year by knowing what your tithe was. If you have a wrong God, praise God. Verse 10 says, Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast out fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Tithe and offer. Beloved, your offerings is a sure means of worship to God. It is more sacred than any of us think it is. It's beyond a financial transaction when you present your seed to the Lord in a worship service. Psalm 96 verse 8 to 9 talks about offering being a part of our worship. Psalm 96, yeah. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name, bring an offering and come into his court. Verse 9. Oh, worship the Lord. Roger Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. So, our offering brings us into the court of the Lord His presence. In the old testament, he said to the children of Israel, he said, Look three times a year listen carefully three times a year you will present your male children before me listen carefully and they must not come before me empty-handed was God hungry no is he hungry no there's something about the offering that is tied to worship hallelujah hallelujah and there are principles that undergird Offerings in the New Testament. Because of time, let's read through them. Just five minutes. Just go through them. Number one, to give properly to the Lord, start by giving yourself. First, sorry, Second Corinthians eight verse five says, "And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord, and unto us by the will of God." Of what point is it to give the Lord money and you haven't given your heart? give yourself then you can give your hands so he wants your heart before your hand give yourself number two principle there is a grace for giving there is a grace for giving. 2nd uh, Corinthians 8 verse 7 therefore as you are bound in everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us See that you abound in this grace also. There's a given grace. almost must desire from the Lord a given grace. Number three, give willingly. This be taught. Give willingly. When you go to a church and you've been manipulated, oh, if you don't give, oh, yeah. Brimstone, ah, yeah, yeah. There's one cat in your car. If you don't, accident, oh, no. Give willingly. Don't be confused about it. Just walk away. Don't be under pressure. Bible declares, in Second Corinthians 8 verse 12. Please write down very quickly. Second Corinthians eight twelve. For if there be first a willing mind, God wants you to be willing. Willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Some preachers will say, why do you say this? They won't give, no. The truth is the Holy Spirit is more able to make people willing than a preacher can manipulate people to give. Yeah, There's no point Well, the whole self Give a billionaire your stock. What I try to say, oh, we have this point if you don't give, you, you struggle with it. So give willingly, never be under compulsion. Please be free. Number four, very important. Number four, the size of your giving has already determined the size of your harvest. Second Corinthians 9, verse 6. But this I say, He who soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. It's your choice. God says your choice. As you like. And he who soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. So what do you want to receive? What do you want at the other end? Determine that by your seed. So your seed determines your harvest. Number five. Give on the right attitude of cheerfulness. We'll practice that from this Sunday morning. When it's time to receive offering in Roger from today, they must be rejoicing. Don't look like they're robbing you in the bank. Uh, No, you're losing your blessing cheerfully. Hear this. Second Corinthians nine verse seven says, "Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, beloved, not grudgingly, of necessity, just to pay bills in the church." No, sir, no ma. For God loveth. A cheerful giver. Can someone rejoice this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. So that's how we receive offering from this morning onward With rejoicing. With cheer. Laughter and gladness. That word cheer means. It means uh, uh, um, to celebrate. To dance with excitement. Number six. The giver of the seed is the giver of the bread. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says, Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed on and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Let me teach you. He that ministereth seed to the sower. Listen carefully. God gives seed, not to everybody. God makes seed available to the sower. The question is who comes first, the sower the seed, the sower. Because the sower is an attitude and the seed is what God gives you. In other words, the sower says, ah, the Lord, if you bring this thing to me, I'll sign 50 million for the project, building project. You're already saying it, you're designing it. 10 million, God sees you're already a sower because the heart is right the attitude is right that you will give seed to the sower when the seed comes it's not left for you as a sower to actually sow as you desire and intended so never say you don't have seed be a sower and the seed will come praise God praise God am I teaching good? All right. number what? 7 the quality of the seed you sow is the quality you will receive number 8 I love this. You will not necessarily receive from the same place you sowed. That means you were in a particular local assembly for four years in Lagos, 10 in Taraba, 7 in Jos, yeah. And you feel you were short-chained because you didn't seem to see the reward of your labor there, right? God is saying to you, I don't have to bless you where you sowed, but I'm going to bless you. How am I going to bless you? I will bless you with the quality of seed you sowed where you sowed, but I may not bless you at the same location. There are those of you who have begun to be blessed in this house in diverse ways, not just because you came to Roger. No, God remembered your labor where you're coming from. Hello, somebody. Your seed sown, they're not forgotten. Praise the Lord. So where you sow may not be where you will reap. Glory to God. I'm reaping seeds in logic that I sowed in previous years on my walk with the Lord. Is that all right? Praise God. Ah, oh, let's close here now. Uh, and number nine, sowing precedes harvest. Look at this scripture, Luke 6.38. Remember it, Luke 6.38. It talks about the overflow. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. Run it over. Who am I talking to? Shall men give unto your bosom? For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. All of that overflow was provoked by giving giving. Giving provokes your harvest. This morning we're going to give a sacrifice of dance and praise to our God before our offering. And that's part of what you give. You don't only give money. You give your time, your talent, your treasure, your worship, your praise. It's all a part of what you give once the heart is right. But before we give anything at all today, I want you, you across the airwaves to begin as we learned give yourself before you give anything else. Bow your heart where you are. you say, man of God, pray with me. I want to turn my life to Jesus. I want to surrender this life that he gave me to him. I know that the air I breathe is of him. I'm tired of trying to run my own life. I want to invite you as my CEO from today to run this life of mine. Surely, you've managed the whole world, you can manage this life of mine. Shoot your right hand in the sky and say, man of God, pray with me, right hand in the sky in this song, pray with me, pray with me in this song or across the nations online, wherever you are, just your right hand up, let's pray, pray with me heavenly father, pray with me heavenly father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am, I open the door of my heart as I invite you Jesus to be my Lord and my savior, forgive me all of my sins. From this day, I declare and declare, that I'm born again, blood-washed, blood-bought, in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Equeme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.